Hey guys, this is Zach. Before we get into tonight's episode of We Have the Numbers, just a quick heads up that we had some audio issues at the very beginning. But if you bear with us, it gets better after just a few minutes. All right, enjoy the show. All right, welcome to episode three of We Have the Numbers, our weekly conversation about MTV's The Challenge, Total Madness. Uh, I'm Zach Zimmerman, I'm the host, and I once again cannot stress just how grateful I am that the show is on right now. Uh, it's basically all any of us have to look forward to in any given week while we're locked in our houses, and I really watch and continue to study every episode like it's game seven of the NBA Finals. So. I just once again want to thank MTV, TJ Lavin, all 28 degenerates who started off in the house for uh, keep, keeping us occupied during these, these trying times. Uh, before we get going and, and unpacking just an absolutely electric episode for the third week in a row, I'm really, really one of the better episodes that I can remember in recent memory. And I promise I likely will say that every single week, but I'm, I'm telling the truth when I do say it every week. Uh, but before we start, just a special reminder to go subscribe to us on Spotify and to follow us on Instagram at we have the numbers pod. We've tossed around the idea lately of maybe a few special episodes that don't fall uh, in accordance with our weekly cadence. So if that's the case, go show us some love there and find out whenever a new pod is released. So just a really quick recap of the episode we just saw for anybody who missed it. Uh, the challenge this time was very much puzzle based. It was something called decode and detonate where it was our first individual challenge. Everybody is competing for themselves. Each player has a unique code on their board, and then they need to go run up to one of two decoding stations and match these really weird Eastern European symbols with uh, you know, Greek alphabet letters and some uh, number signs, come back, solve their code. The first two people done, men or women, get to go detonate two giant trucks that are sitting up on a cliff for some reason. It didn't make a lot of sense why they were trucks and why they got to explode, but uh, it made for, for a very exciting challenge. Uh, CT, first guy to, to, to uh, solve his code and blow up a truck. Second person, perhaps a bit more surprising, was the prospect Bailey. The two of them uh, agreed to bring in Bailey's fiance, Swaggy C. The house voted in J for the second time. Uh, and the tribunal eventually uh, sent CT in. So CT picked himself, decided to go in against Jay. CT gets out to a commanding lead, but Jay mounts the comeback of the century and sends the legend CT home in just the second male elimination. So yeah, our, our minds are currently boggled. It's, uh, we're going to be playing a bit hurt, uh, especially Cindy, who lost one of her star players on her fantasy team tonight. But anyway, uh, let's start from the very top. So guys, for the second week in a row, the, the very first scene is we have people at the table trying to figure out the strategy for this game with all of the new twists and turns. So trying to figure out when the appropriate time is to try to vote themselves in, who from the house they should vote in, what types of alliances they should form, and they still have no idea how to figure it out. So Trevor, let's, let's actually start with you here. So they're in the Czech Republic. And this is important because it's a place that you actually used to live in as a youth. So my question, a very simple one to start, is how does the failure of the cast to grasp these new twists in the game fall within the history of national wartime strategy in the Czech Republic? That's, that's a very interesting question, Zach. Um, moving there just really moments after the fall of communism, they did sweep some of the country's history under the rug. 
Um, but I did gather that it primarily was a bit easier to to gain entry into Santa or into uh, the Czech Republic borders as it is to uh, enter like a Six Flags on Memorial Day weekend. Um, so they're all over the board. There's really no there's really no strong strategy from anyone here. They're fumbling around. Uh, they're they're sort of fighting with decisions right and left. Um, I would say that even the vets aren't doing their best job here. So I, I think it's pretty much on par with Czech Republic from 18, 1800 BC to maybe 1992. That, that, that's great. Uh, one of our main goals on this podcast, in addition to, to talking about reality television is to, to give you guys a, a bit of new knowledge and there's no better source of new knowledge than Trevor. So thank you for uh, <laughs> wartime strategy that dated back to the uh, second millennium BC. That was, that was more than I could have even asked for. So we, we get out of this, this strategy session and then uh, we get primed with a little bit of this Ashley and bananas drama where, uh, you know, in the past they've been friends, but then they show that there had been some contention at some point during a final Ashley seems to, to really not trust Johnny. Johnny is talking endless shit about Ashley. It kind of seems like it comes out of the blue. So, uh, Cindy, I'm, I'm curious to get your take on what's happening here. And if you buy the narrative that Bananas has no real friends and is kind of, uh, you know, the old guard past his prime at this point, as Ashley said, or if Ashley is fully off her rocker or if it's some combination of both. Yeah, I agree with you that the drama really seemed to like come out of the blue. Like bananas just seemed to attack her for no real reason at this point in time, at least. Um, I guess I do see Ashley's side of things. How I don't know that banana does have any real friends. However, I think people in the house know that he's a really strong person to have on your side. Um, I don't know that I would trust bananas as a friend, but having him on my team versus I think being on Ashley's alliance. She makes the argument a lot that she's won more money than Bananas, but Bananas has been on far more challenges than she has, and I think his game strategy is much stronger than hers. Yeah, I, I agree. It's a, It was really interesting. It almost felt like manufactured drama from the producers, but I also made a note of when Ashley started counting the rings and talking about total prize money, and it's a little bit skewed because Ashley won the million dollars to herself in, in one competition, but hey, she's still got it over him, and uh, it's definitely something to, to watch as the season develops. I mean, Bananas pulled the same trick. He just had less money when he did it. He, he did. It's, it's true. He did the same thing to Sarah. So he was the, uh, the OG of taking everything for himself, but it was, it was too early. It's like when you look at these historical NBA contracts, right? <laughs> like you see the guys, you see like, the, like Isaiah Thomas, like guy late 80s, early 90s. You know, he's making a lot of money for the time, but he's making like, like Bohan Bogdanovich money for his career, right? Like it's, uh, it's, it's really probably less than that, honestly. So uh, yeah, he's just, uh, he's just of a different era and, and Ashley has the, the larger prize money to tout over him. Um, so anyway, we got in, then we got into the challenge, which again is called decode and detonate. And again, puzzle challenge, get to blow something up at the end. So, uh, you know, again, this is our, our first individual challenge, which was, a, which was a nice wrinkle. So we got to see everybody competing for themselves, especially in a puzzle challenge, which we know will be uh, really important, especially in a finale. So uh, I'm curious to get the take from, from the full group. Uh, what did you guys learn from the first challenge? Uh, Pat, we'll start with you. Yeah, um, I'm starting with my girl, Bailey. Getting it done, did not see that coming. Um, 
I'm a huge fantasy football guy, so I'm just leaning heavily into the fantasy aspect of this entire season. And my team was sleepwalking a bit, uh, and she really woke him up with that victory. That was huge. Uh, apparently does have a really smart brain. We all laughed when she said that. Uh, I feel like that's not the best way to describe being smart, but uh, absolutely knocked it out of the park getting that W. I'm, uh, I'm jazzed. Yeah, really, really good performance from Bailey. I think one of Bailey or Swaggy C needed to win. Swaggy C starts the challenge by saying that he has a photographic memory, and then he absolutely bricks his first TJ check attempt. So uh, it turns out he does not have a photographic memory, but it does turn off. Uh, it does turn out that Bailey might be smarter than than she initially appeared, and she got a W. Uh, Justin, what were your takeaways? The strategy for everybody just is not that different. We saw like four or five confessionals where everybody's saying like, I'm smarter than everybody else. You know, I cut it down. Wes is like, you know, I'm a, I'm a measured twice cut once kind of guy. Jordan's like, you know, I'm going to get four at a time. Fessy's like, I don't want to mess this up. I want to get three at a time. Everybody had the exact same strategy. So I'm, there's really no reason why we had to hear from, from five different people about this. It doesn't seem like anybody really has an edge in that regard. Yeah, my, my favorite Fessy comment was he's like, I'm going to do three at a time. I'm going to do three at a time, which, you know, there were many, many more letters or symbols than three on the board, which is just like a very good, like, D1 football player comment. Like, he just really played into the jock stereotype. He knew the limitations of his brain, so you have to give him that. But, uh, yeah, I agree. I, I, I didn't get a lot of varied strategy from, from the different uh, confessionals. Fessy got there first, too. So maybe if he had a little bit bigger, maybe he had uh, Swaggy C's photographic memory, he would have been able to knock it out. Second week in a row that, uh, that Fessy's been the first one to, to, to be at the front. So he's really showing off his, his speed and determination to get to the front. Uh, Trevor, what did you see in uh, Decode and Detonate? Yeah, so, so it was actually Fessy that stood out to me. I think he's underestimating that he's not dumber than everyone else on the challenge. I think <laughs> he sort of maybe should stretch himself a little bit more on the mental challenges because physically I think he's like potentially a top three, top four guy. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think uh, it'll be really interesting when he needs to go get his red skull. I could almost see him as somebody that people embargo more or less where they like try intentionally to, to keep him out because uh, he looks like he's going to be a, a pretty tough out in a purgatory. You know, I, I had similar takeaways as you guys. I think again, to, to Pat's point, I'm now very invested in my fantasy team. So I was trying to, take a peek whenever I could at how they were performing. And, you know, CT again gets to, he's not on my team, but CT gets to, to his code first. He gets to blow up the truck. And the explosion is really cool. I mean, they clearly invested a lot of time and effort in making this explosion as big and powerful as possible. And I get a glimpse at my guy, Kyle, uh, self-proclaimed, not very smart guy. And, you know, the challenge is still very much anybody else's. There's still another seat there. And instead of continuing to work, Kyle is cheesing so hard, staring at this explosion. Like he's a four-year-old at the 4th of July watching fireworks. So I think that, that was my uh, first kind of knot in my stomach about, man, maybe I picked a team of, you know, the five dumbest people on the challenge. So I'm, I'm feeling pretty nervous about that, that, that my team, uh, you know, decided to be spectators of an explosion versus trying to win and, and get into a, a tribunal. But uh, it is what it is. So, uh, you know, again, we, we see uh, CT and Bailey – win the challenge, they have a bit of a deliberation here where they need to decide who the third member of the tribunal is. Uh, you know, Bailey obviously wants her fiance Swaggy C in. She says it's because 
uh, she wants to actually protect him and she's afraid that, that he's going to go in. CT is worried that they're actually going to turn against him and they're going to vote Swaggy C in so he can, so he can go uh, and get his red skull. And, and Cindy, my, my question for you is, if you're in CT's position, uh, do you give in to, to Bailey's request or do you go try to find an ally to put in the tribunal with you? Um, I think CT made the right move um, because he seemed to get what he wanted in the end as well. And I think it was a good play by Bailey and Swaggy to not go against CT and give him kind of, he, they promised him his vote. So um, I think he made the right move. Anyone disagree with that? I, I do. Um, I, I would have ensured that happening. I mean, they're, they're rookies. Like, I, I, I wouldn't be too worried about pissing them off. I would have gone, gotten somebody that I know is going to put me in, make sure that I can go get that layup, which turned out not to be a layup, but I would have certainly attempted to get myself in there. Yeah, I – oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I, I think on top of that, I think we also saw a little bit of swaggy and Bailey were still pissed off that he even questioned them and questioned them being big brother people. So even if you were to go on, I feel like he sort of burned that bridge anyway. Yeah, it was, it was really strange how he approached that whole thing. He like offended them and then gave into them, but then he still was in a really vulnerable position. And you know, as I mentioned at the top, it turns out it didn't really matter because CT got exactly what he wanted uh, and then he went home. So uh, <laughs> jo jo joke, was jo joke was on him. So then we get to this house vote and Ashley still really heated from this bananas drama earlier starts really planting this banana seed and wow, no, no pun intended here. She's trying to grow a banana tree anyway. So she, she, she plants this seed and she gets D on her side and she gets J on her side. And then slowly and slowly it starts growing. There's this rumor that this is what's going to happen. And we see Kayla go over and she tells Corey and Nelson and Fessy, the Alliance that she's really cool with. And, you know, we're, we're hearing that this is something serious. So the house sits down to vote and immediately becomes split between bananas and Jay, just completely out of the blue. It's, it's split, split between bananas and Jay. So this thing is, this thing is really holding up. And then Jenna of all people, it's her turn to vote. The vote is tied and she just votes for Nelson out of the blue. And then people start voting for Nelson because they don't want to, to get on this bananas or Jay debate. So it's tied five votes apiece between Bananas, Jay, and Nelson. Uh, Cindy, at this point, who do you think is getting voted in? Yeah, I was shocked that Jenna threw Nelson's name. I think I turned to Justin and go, wait, why Nelson? Um, but at this point, when it was tied five votes, I seriously thought that Nelson was going to be the one going in. Yeah, I, I did too. And I have, I have Nelson on my fantasy team, another member of the uh, first team all brain. Uh, I got, I got really worried about that for a minute because I, I didn't know, you know, there aren't many challenges where I would have a lot of confidence uh, or eliminations, excuse me, where I have a lot of confidence in Nelson coming back. So that, that hit me by surprise, but it was nice to, to see him get a, get a bit of air time. Um, he then starts blowing up at Kayla because he thought people were going to vote for bananas when Kayla just said she was trying to pass the information along. It's not really a fight worth getting into, but Again, for fantasy purposes, great for my team. Points coming from all angles. And Nelson and Kayla, their, their little alliance is immediately in shambles after it just formed, you know, days before. So, Pat, again, the vote is tied. And then it actually comes to Wes. So, great, great strategy by the producers here to get Wes in uh, at this inflection point where, where it's five apiece. Wes, again, has a secret alliance with Bananas. Uh, so, he's kind of torn. It's like, does he 
you know, go with the rest of the house and continue this bananas train when the whole house thinks that he hates bananas or does he do something different? So talk us through Wes's options and why you think he eventually went with the J vote. And then my, my follow-up question to that is, does he show his hand too much in, in eventually voting, uh, voting for Jay? Uh, two part question. Um, so basically for, for Wes, it, it's coming down to, do I out this alliance with bananas, make it public and possibly make ourselves like public enemy number one? Cause that's two very strong players with an alliance that's going to be on everybody's radar or I have the opportunity as Wes to vote in Bananas, my arch rival, possibly get him out of the way in the second men's challenge. It's basically a dream come true for him. Uh, the entire scenario is because he's got all the power. And if you remember, just recently, he was in the hot seat. Like, everyone was yelling at him. He was in trouble the first male vote, a lot of, a lot of heat. So big turnaround for him. Uh, I think he made the right choice. You keep Bananas. Uh, first of all, that's great TV, but second of all, Bananas owes you now. Not that he will repay it, but that's just a power position to be in. I think eventually that's going to go sour, but um, that's a strong alliance. I think he made the right choice, and uh, I mean, eventually the CT action worked out well for him. Yeah, it did. You know, I I thought he may have been too obvious with it when, like, Corey, Corey of all people is like, they got to be working together. Like, Corey caught on to this. Uh, Corey doesn't catch on to very much. So uh, we'll, we'll see if that comes back to bite him. But I doesn't, even if he came out and just overtly said that he was working with Bananas, it's tough to know what that would really do to the house because the alliances are so uh, amorphous right now. Um, Justin, so uh, West votes for Jay. And that, you know, uh, as Bananas points out later in the episode, after he gives Wes a big kiss on the lips for, for making that vote, uh, he points out that that was really the game changer. And that's what kind of led people to, you know, stop this bananas train. They got scared and they voted for Jay. So Jay goes in for this, is going in for the second time. And we, again, I want to come back to strategy. So is this the right play for everybody to, to make at this point in the game, to send in somebody with a red skull? Yeah, I, I still think so. So there's a, a couple layers to that. First, like the gameplay aspect, I don't think it matters at this point whether you get that red skull by being like thrown in from the wolves because then you're still at the mercy of who's going to go in afterwards. And I don't think that's worth the risk. So still trying to throw in people that you think you want to get rid of early on is still a good thing. It's still the, the route to go. So doesn't really, I don't think that's impacted the gameplay from that side. And from the uh, political alliance side, Jay has no clout besides the fact that he made out with D. I, I, don't, I still don't even think that's a big thing. D still seems to want to hook up with Rogan more and is just using Jay to get to him. And I just don't think – if Jay's like, man, I really need to get back at Bananas or something, people are going to be like, all right, get out of here. We don't really need to listen to you. So I still think it was the right move. Yeah, it, it seems like it's pretty convenient for people to, to stick with the person that they've already voted for, especially when it's a prospect with limited old friendships, because you can kind of just keep beating that drum and the repercussions for you are going to be minimal. Although Jay, and, and we'll talk about this at the very end, uh, you know, Jay looks like he's a pretty tough out. He's taken out uh, Asaf, who again was a prospect, but looked like a pretty fit dude. And then he beat CT, who is definitely not a pretty fit dude, not but is a legend, of the, a legend of the challenge. 
So then we, we have our first night out. I love nights out. I, I think the, the challenge nights out are, are just fantastic. I'm glad they let them out of the bunker. Seriously, I'm, I, they still didn't get to see any sunlight. I've been thinking about this like vitamin D deficiency because <laughs> they're like stuck inside. There are no windows. They only go out at night. It's super weird. But The other thing, uh, they've, been, they've been running a lot. They can't go outside. They're just running back and forth on that like, what, 50-yard patch of grass, maybe 20-yard patch of grass. Yeah, the, the, the turf is getting a lot of use. That place can't smell very good at this point. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a little nervous about the, the hygiene. Again, this is coming recorded well before uh, the coronavirus outbreak, but I can only imagine if it was happening right now, things would be pretty bad. Um, so anyway, uh, we're, we're, headed out, we're, we're on a night out. They're in costumes for some reason. We don't really know. And Dee is still on a, a mission to make Rogan jealous, as Justin pointed out. She finds Jay, makes it a point to make out with him uh directly in front of rogan honestly whatever but uh trevor i'm coming back to you again with a two-part question the, the theme of the third episode is two-part questions so part number one is uh are all prog bars designed with this soviet bunker aesthetic and the second question is that the producers really made it seem like rogan does care about d's new fling but does he really yeah so i'm gonna make it a three-part question so um, you mentioned that they're not getting any sun in there. Depending on the time of the year in Prague, between all the cold that's burning to heat people's homes, you're not getting any sun anyway. Uh, and then it sets at four if you can even tell that it's set. Um, about those bars, a uh, little fun fact about my experience in Prague. When I moved there, there was two restaurants. Uh, Grossetti's, the pizza place that if you spent more than 15 minutes in, you would get nicotine poisoning just from the secondhand smoke. Uh, and the, the restaurant inside the Intercontinental Hotel uh, in which I lived for three months, which you may not get uh, nicotine poisoning, but you'll probably get a venereal disease from the Russian hooker that sat in your, your seat before you. Um, on to Rogan. I initially thought it was excellent producing that, that made Rogan look jealous. Um, but as the night went on, Rogan has some, some serious rage. And those feelings for... Uh, for D are still there. They're still strong. And I'm counting on some, some bonus points from this drama later on. Oh, man. To take the Intercontinental Hotel. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. Uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you for that. It sounds like it's uh, kind of like a nuclear winter there, always in, <laughs> yes. in, in Prague. So it doesn't... Yeah. I've heard a lot of people enjoy that city quite a bit. So this is uh, kind of the, the, the literal dark side of Prague. Um, anyway, back to, to, to Rogan and D. This just seems like the most juvenile way to handle a relationship uh, as an adult. I wish they would just tell each other how they really felt. Um, it does seem somewhat noble that Rogan doesn't really erupt. He kind of keeps to himself when he gets angry. We found that out in the episode. Justin pointed out in our text thread that a huge upset is that Rogan is not a hothead. And I, I really do agree. Um, so anyway, we're, we're back at the house. The, the night is over. We have, you know, Rogan's talking to CT, asking CT to vote him in because he wants to go against Jay, who's now both in his mind an easy target and also the, the, the target of Dee's affection. Who, who knows if what is really true. Um, but anyway, it seems like the tribunal has been minimized a bit now with this idea that somebody on the tribunal can just vote themselves in. So Again, it's, it's CT, it's Bailey, and it's Swaggy. They pick Nelson, Rogan, and Bear. You know, Nelson and Rogan, I think, would be fine to go in. Bear wants to, to stay and party with Kayla a little more. Um, the only person they really make it seem like has a chance to actually go in 
is Rogan. And then we get to purgatory and CT goes in and all of us agree he makes the right decision, right? It's, it's kind of a no-brainer. Uh, Pat, at, at any point did you expect CT to, to vote in uh, any of the other three guys? No. Um, the, only, the only surprise was that, that jersey reveal. That was pretty hot. Also him wearing just sweats in the competition. Uh, complete current CT move. <laughs> yeah. So, so we, we have to, we have to talk about uh, uh, CT's outfit and kind of a theme that's emerging on, on the show. So uh, Pat's right. The, the way that CT, you know, TJ asked the tribunal, who's going to go in and CT kind of uh, unzips his, his hoodie. He shows off, uh, you know, his portly belly at this point, uh, his, his challenge shirt, and he's ready to go in and doesn't take off his pants. He's wearing, he's wearing full sweatpants and he's wearing, he's wearing glasses. And not only is not only is he wearing glasses, but Swaggy C in a competition where he had to run up a hill, look at a code, blow something up, he's wearing glasses as well. So uh, I don't understand if these guys don't have access to contacts, if there's something about where they are in the Czech Republic that restricts their access to to eye care. Uh, not really sure, but again, uh, you know, not even rec specs. I mean, they're wearing like they're wearing literal glasses. So for in the challenge, Swaggy C in the confessional before. It happened. He was not wearing glasses. And then afterward, he put them on because he was obviously he had to read the like nine letters that he had to put up there. So obviously he needed the glasses. Helped with his uh, photographic memory. But, but Justin, do you think this is a, you know, this is a look he's trying to pull off to, to yeah, prove I, how smart he is? So I think it's like, a, it's a, it's like a superhero. If he's not wearing his glasses, he can't, he can't think right. His mind's all out of, out of sorts. He puts them on. Immediate genius, automatic puzzle solver. Yeah, I think I think he's trying to put off the ultimate non-threatening vibes. Like him and Bailey aren't as devious as they may be. I think they're more conniving and they're kind of doing the unassuming glasses look. Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 something to monitor for sure. I'm, you know, Swaggy C has a lot of intellectual confidence. I feel like physically he's probably a bit worried. So. I think the glasses definitely play into to the brand he's created for himself on this show. So anyway, let's talk about this elimination. It's called Take Shelter. And the, the Cliff Notes version of this is that uh, J and CT start and they're opposite these little like dungeon cages, essentially. They look like bomb shelters that have a, a door in the front. And they have access to all of these different obstacles and ropes and chains and big boulders. And their goal is to make it as difficult as possible uh, in 20 minutes for the other person to get into their door and get into the shelter and, and press a button, essentially. So you're really just trying to blockade the door that the other person is trying to get into. So Jay starts out, and Jay is throwing five-pound cinder blocks in front of the door that CT has to get in front of. And again, CT is like, CT's pushing like 275, right? Like CT's a big dude, and Jay is notably not a big dude. Meanwhile, CT goes with the veteran strategy, picks up the biggest, thickest ropes and chains he can find. He's roping them all the way around the little building. He's tying these crazy knots. Uh, and it just looks like Jay is getting absolutely dominated. Then CT, once he's done with all of his nodding, he takes these giant boulders and he flips them in front of the door. We don't think there's a chance that Jay can even move those boulders. And when the 20 minutes is up and the guys switch and are about to get to, you know, uh, try to get into to their respective doors, Everybody, uh, all the cast who's, who's watching on is talking about it like it's a, it's a blowout. CT is talking about it like it's a blowout. 
Jay looks super shook because uh, he sees that the damage that CT has done and he's a little bit worried. And then CT, as soon as the buzzer sounds, just starts throwing all of the stuff that Jay's put in front of the door, just starts throwing it to the side. So at this point, we're like, man, uh, it, it, they're really trying to, to create this, this narrative that it's going to be over very quickly, similar to what Jenny did to Jen. But Cindy, CT's on your fantasy team. And you were getting really nervous despite all of this evidence uh, because of the way that the producers were, were editing this show. So take us through your, your now omniscient thought process. If there's anything I've learned from watching tons of garbage TV, um, it's that the editing is key. And so in this moment when they're just talking up CT, even Jay's like talking about how much of a god CT is and um, how well known he is throughout the challenge, I knew it was over. And Zach, you taught me to look at the clock once the challenge starts. And I noticed tonight it started at 9.09. .09 and I was like, oh crap, this is, they're gonna drag this out a really long time. They're gonna build it up, make it look like CT has it. And I don't think he does. And that was the ending we all didn't want. <laughs> It brings it. It brings a tear to my eye that you're a you're a fellow watchman now, and that we're uh, we're, we're using we're using the clocks to our advantage. Justin, I'm I'm still trying to make sense of this a bit. What what do you think uh, Jay was able to do with the web that CT wove to get out of it before CT got rid of his? Like, what was the turning point and what looked like uh, an elimination in which Jay had no chance? I honestly still don't understand how we got through to it because CT was had like three cinder blocks left and like one tiny chain and Jay still had, well, the editing showed that Jay still had eight, like almost all of the knot left. And it went from that to him just finishing up one knot on the side and then opening the door. I have no idea how he undid it. I don't know what kind of knots CT was using. I'm not a sailor like CT probably is. I don't, I don't know what kind of intricate weaves he can weave we i don't know whatever i don't know what he's got cooking and jay seemed to just i don't know maybe because he didn't have to throw around all those boulders like ct did and throw the center blocks and break stuff beforehand he was just able to, to throw stuff around and see if it worked yeah uh and and ct definitely got gassed like he was really tired uh not that i thought the gassing mattered too much in this one i think we just with a challenge like this, you can't really see as a, as a viewer at home, like how, how the knots are to your point. So we don't really know. So anyway, uh, again, to, to, to spoil this a bit, all of a sudden, Jay opens his door. CT has his door partially open, but Jay opens the door, goes in, presses the button, and everybody's in shock. I was in shock. Cindy was not in shock because Cindy knew this was happening. You guys seem to have a sense that it was going to happen. I was still very shocked that CT's gone. Uh, as, as, as the second man eliminated for, from this competition. And I can't remember which castmate said it, but they said this is one in a hundred odds, which honestly to me seems like it might be, uh, you know, a, a, a liberal estimate. I, I, I really don't know. Um, so Pat, given that this is the only sport that we have right now, this is the only thing we're holding on to, and you're, you're uh, quite a sports historian. Where does this rank among the greatest upsets in sports history? Yeah, and just, just to add to it, I mean, CT had his door open, and they showed a side, like a full pan, and you could see Jay still wasn't that close. So I don't know how he got in. But, I mean, CT in eliminations is the thing of legends. Like, he, I mean, I know people are saying he's past his prime, 
but I watched him carry weights for 16 miles on the way to a challenge win less than a year ago. Like he is still in his prime and absolutely nobody wants that smoke in elimination. So this is all time. I think this is beyond miracle on ice. I think this is closer to Leicester city premier league, 5,000 to one, like absolutely no one would have taken these odds and he got it done. It was wild. Wow. Leicester city. That's a, that's a big one. Uh, yeah. Again, as soon as I saw that it would involve lifting heavy things and putting them down, I just couldn't think of a way that Jay would win. And then coupled with the fact that CT knew what he was doing with the ropes and the ties, there's, it's just inexcusable. So yeah, I'm with you on, on uh, the magnitude of that upset. So just some final thoughts on this. Again, Jay has now beaten two people. He has two red skulls. He's the only man, as TJ loves to tell us, he's the only guy currently who qualifies for for a final that's pretty cool and that's uh you know that that's an interesting wrinkle um so justin uh, starting with you here do you think that anybody wants to face jay like do you think that the house is going to begin rethinking throwing him in in favor of somebody else like maybe swaggy c or nelson or one of the weaker guys yes i think they're going to start doing that i don't think it's because they don't want to face jay though i don't know how much this is changing their opinions he got a challenge that was made for him in the Haney one, and then he got a non-physical challenge. The odds of him getting another like non-physical head-to-head challenge are pretty low, so I still think they'd want to throw him in, but I think the well is kind of run dry, and they will move, move to other prospects just because no, their, their brains are too small to focus on somebody for, for that long. <laughs> Uh, yeah, at some point, we're going to want to get somebody on the show. So I think the, the, we, we've all kind of acknowledged the need at some point to stop speaking about them like they're hamsters or something. But yeah, it's, it's, it's really tough not to. Uh, Tre- Trevor, do you agree with what Justin just said? I think Justin's is, is, is spot on, but I do get this little feeling that they're seeing things that Jay's doing during the actual you know, team challenges or you know, the, the beginning challenges at the beginning of the show that, that lead people to think he is a really weak contender in most circumstances and has sort of just lucked out here. So you know, if we see his performance from, from start to finish on, on one of the, the initial challenges, we'll see. Um, but I think he's going to get dumped in there one more time before it's all said and done. Yeah, uh, it's it's going to be really interesting. I, I, I agree with both of you. I think from a politics standpoint, from just like a, a general size of human standpoint, he's still probably one of the easiest targets. I, I think Swaggy C is probably going to, uh, to, to beat a lot of people's minds since he hasn't gone in and physically certainly would, would probably be an easier out than Jay uh, based on what we've seen so far. Um, but the, the final question on this actually goes to Cindy. Uh, and again, we, we mentioned CT was one of, your, one of your horses. He was one of the, the, the stars of your fantasy team. And again, we, we did a five-round draft, so each of us have five castmates. Justin was the first person to lose somebody with Jen, but who, who was his final pick. Uh, CT was not Cindy's final pick. And currently, CT is second uh, – or sorry, Cindy is second to Trevor by just one point in our league. Uh, but Cindy, how, how is your team going to cope with his loss? It was a devastating loss for sure. Um, CT was my first pick and I thought that he would be riding it all the way to the finals. 
And unfortunately, now that's not going to happen. But looking at my team, I've still got Jenny and Bear, who I think are pretty strong competitors, um, as well as Ashley. I think she'll be able to snake her way um, pretty far in the competition as well. So I'm still hopeful for a lot of points. And I know there's a lot of drama coming up with Bear in the next few episodes um, with the fire extinguisher. And then at some point, him and Kayla are going to hook up. So hopefully there's a lot of points and Bear can help make up for some that maybe CT would have earned for me. Yeah, I I think you you still have a pretty strong squad and you know you won't be the only person at or you and Justin won't be the only uh two people with with only four players left for much longer. Uh, eventually more players have to be eliminated. So we're not going to bore you with uh, an individual breakdown of all of our fantasy teams, uh but Justin put together uh, a really fancy scoreboard that you can actually go see now on our Instagram uh, at we have the numbers pod. Go check it out. Uh, again, Trevor's in first place with 117 points. I am in dead last with only 60 points. It's a very early season. Uh, things can can still shake out in every possible way. So uh, we hope you'll follow along with us. So yeah, that's it for for this episode. Uh, again, CT going home is a really big deal. Uh, just another uh, another notch in the belt of uh, you know a wonderful franchise, and, and we're very grateful for all of the drama and all of the action. So before we leave, we actually have two segments to go through, two new segments. We were really inspired by TJ, who before every challenge starts, loves to say, when I say go. And would it really be a challenge podcast without issuing the panel here a, very, a challenge of their own? So in this new segment titled, When I Say Go, I'm going to run them through a challenge of their own. And each of them have to give me an answer uh, to a very difficult question. So here we go, the, the, the first iteration when I say go. So team, you're in the movie Saw and you're trapped in a room with two people. The three of you have to solve a series of complicated riddles or you will suffer a pretty brutal death. You must pick, or sorry, when I say go, you must pick one guy and one girl from this year's cast to be trapped with you. Justin, go. It's a great question. So. At a high level, what I'm looking for are people that are unflappable and can think under pressure. So for that, the guy, in my opinion, is obvious. Somebody who has never shown a hint of emotion is a mastermind and wickedly smart. I'm picking Wes as my first selection to be in a saw challenge with because I just think that he's going to keep everybody calm. He's going to figure out a way out of it. And no matter what is facing us, he's going to be okay. And then second, I'm going to go with Maddie because I don't think she's seen anything in her life that could surprise her at this point. <laughs> the, the, the mugshot certainly indicates that uh, she has seen some shit and has survived through it. So that's a, that's a really, really good pick. All right, Pat, you're up next. Uh, those, <laughs> those are great choices. Uh, first off, I'm going to die. Like I'm a hundred percent going to die. <laughs> so let's get that out of the way. But if I have to pick, I'm looking for the same things that Justin is, but what he forgot is in saw, sometimes you have to pick like you may, someone may have to die like that kind of thing. And Wes is killing Justin immediately. So not doing Wes. I'm picking CT. He's calm. He's confident, good at puzzles, uh, really nice guy. So looking out for us. And then I'm, probably gonna go 
I don't know, it doesn't really matter, but probably Jenna, quiet, somewhat composed. Hopefully we'll go through it. Probably not. Brutal. So you guys don't have uh, much confidence in anybody. Uh, Trevor, you're up. So, so, you know, this might be against the rules, but I have to pick Maddie, and then my curveball is Swaggy. I, and, and the reason I, I've got to pick Swaggy and Maddie, because if I do Swaggy and Bailey and there is one of those one person has to go here, I'm obviously out the door. And my reason I'm picking Swaggy and Maddie is I think there's a good chance once you get the weird saw voice, he rolls up in his tricycle or whatever it is. Maddie is like actually going to bolt towards a window and be like, no, nah, fuck this. And she just, she goes straight through. And then some like jaws, like, you know, clamp down on her. So she's already, she's already set one of the trap doors off. So me and Swaggy can calm down. We can take a deep breath. I am a believer that Swaggy is actually like, he may be, he may think he's way smarter than he is, but he is sort of smart. And me and Swaggy are, are busting out of there together. And he's, He's going back to, to see Bailey, but it's, it's, for me, it's, it's, it's swagging Maddie, no doubt. Wow. Two, two votes for Maddie. That is very yeah. unexpected. I certainly did not have that in mind. All right, Cindy, you're, uh, you're, you're plain anchor here. My thought process was pretty similar to Pat. Um, I am a huge chicken. I am for sure going to die if I am in this situation. Um, I've honestly never seen a Saw movie all the way through because I am way too scared. So I went with someone who's also going to have a very calm demeanor, very dad-like, maybe can calm me down a little bit in this situation or carry me if necessary. Um, so my first pick was for CT. Um, and then I had a hard time coming up with one of the girls, especially because I know it's very puzzle focused and I haven't really seen besides Bailey, anyone that's really strong at puzzles. Um, so I just went with a really strong girl, and I think I would go with Jenny. Jenny. All right, so we had two votes for CT, two votes for Maddie, and then votes sprinkled in there for Wes, Jenna, Swaggy, and Jenny. So uh, that's the crew you guys would roll with to, to get out of Jigsaw's trap. Uh, I don't have much faith that any of you would survive. Uh, this was kind of a trick question in that there are literally zero right choices to make. Uh, but yeah, I think, that's a, I think that's a pretty good crew. Um, and then for the final segment here, we have the stars of the episode. And uh, I, I can lead this one, one off. I've, I have two stars of, of today's episode. So the first star is uh, anti-vaping advertising. There was a lot of anti-vaping advertising going on during this episode and all other episodes. And it just continues to reinforce how absurd it is that at my age, I'm watching this because everybody in the ad is supposed to represent a 16-year-old hitting a jewel. And I am double their age and watching reality TV uh, on MTV. Uh, the second star of the episode was the blanket that Bailey and Swaggy C sleep under. And on this blanket is a bunch of different pictures of themselves. And included, and Anissa pointed out that one of the pictures of the blanket is a picture of them wearing shirts with their picture on the shirts. So it's like a blanket inception. That is a wild move in your rookie season on the challenge to come out and sleep under a blanket like that. I have no idea where you make or buy a blanket like that. I, I can't believe people decide to spend their money on stuff like that. Anyway, that, that blanket did not get enough play, but I'm glad Anissa once again was there with me uh, thinking my exact thoughts. So those are my two. Can point out? that Anissa said that in a confessional 
and said that they were going to be mad at her and definitely did not say that to them in person because <laughs> she also is scared of Bailey. Is Bailey the most intimidating person in the house? I, I, think, I think she might be. I think she might be. I mean, if, a, if Anissa is scared of, of somebody, then that person is really intimidating because Anissa is really, uh, is truly unflappable. All right, Justin, while, while we have you, give us your, your stars of the episode. So I, I have one star that is, I have to say, because it's never given any love. This thing is there every time. It, I always love it. It adds the right ambiance to any challenge. And it is the giant challenge letters that are always behind everybody. And they were in full force today and really added to the entire aesthetic that they were going for. I always have to question how they get there. Who puts them there? Who's in charge of lining them up correctly? Do they have to, are they the same letters that they use every season? Who makes them? I have so many questions. Yeah, we, we got to figure out who their sign guy is. It's a, it's a re, the re, really good signage, really good product placement. Um, I'm surprised they haven't branded those signs more. Like we, we don't see any branding. That's got to be some pretty valuable real estate. Well, that would ruin the sanctity of the challenge. That's true. That's true. They're, they're, they're definitely about purity on this show. Uh, purity and sanctity are, are two of the, the key themes. All right, Pat, give us your stars. All right. Um, the first one is uh, Lincoln Park. I'm absolutely oh, yeah. going deep into discography tomorrow. Uh, Heaven uh, popped open some Lincoln Park lately. They featured them in the episode. It was wonderful. Very excited about my Thursday. Uh, the second one is Rogan's Chewbacca coat that he was rocking very <laughs> drunk after the bar. Uh, he, did he buy that or did he, did he bring that to the Czech Republic? Was that a thing that he brought with him? One of the girls was wearing it at the end. I don't remember who it was, but they like pan over and saw her wearing the same thing. I was like, what? Did they each get one? In incredible. So just terrific work there. Yeah, Cindy pointed cool. out that that is, it basically is the Macklemore coat. Oh, wow. Good point. Terrific. That's a, that's a, that's a really, really good point. Macklemore would be very bad on the show. He, yeah, he would not, not star, last Pat. for long. Oh, Pat, Pat stole your star. Do you Pat have any other stars, star. Cindy? No, the coat was it. The coat was it. Yeah, the that, that coat, it. that coat, uh, it, it, it fit in really nicely with the costumes they were wearing. Also kind of the, like grungy vibe of the, of the challenge house this year. But yeah, man, Rogan, I didn't know if that was like a, a, a coat that he wears at work, uh, his work being stripping, or <laughs> if, that, if that was just something, yeah, that he bought specifically for this season. Who knows? All right, Trevor, round us out. So I'll, I'll keep the, the Rogan train going. My star of the episode is Rogan without a fake tan. Uh, there was a couple confessionals in there where they flashed to Rogan in a gray sweater where the dude is shock white. I don't know if they had to get some extra footage and hit him up in in London or wherever he lives to get a couple a couple confessional shots of him, but the dude does not have a natural trace of melatonin in his skin, and that was alarming to see Rogan teetering on on see through. Yeah, yeah, transparent Rogan is a is a strange look. So, man, so so much that we saw this week. We we talked a lot about the lack of sunshine in the Czech Republic. We talked a little bit about Dee con continuing to make herself very present. Uh, we talked about this weird emergence of the, the Bailey and Swaggy C power couple. We talked about Jay, uh, you know, really trying, starting to cement himself as a challenge legend. 
Uh, and finally, speaking of legends, we, we lost our first legend of the season. Uh, there will be no more CT. Cindy loses a star off her fantasy team. And we're going to have to cope with, uh, again, one of the most entertaining players in challenge history. But uh, we still have a long way to go. I expect nothing but incredible episodes the rest of the way, uh, even if it's, it appears hard to top what we just saw tonight. So thank you again for joining us on We Have the Numbers. One final reminder to subscribe to us on Spotify. Uh, maybe we'll start releasing things a little more frequently. We absolutely love to do this. And hey, we have nothing but time at the current moment. And then another reminder, again, to check us out on Instagram at We Have the Numbers Pod. We'd love to hear from you there. All right. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next week.